Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful Central Coast of California. It's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show. Are we just going to talk through every intro now? No, I don't want to talk. Oh, come on. I was just asking. Are you proud? Have you seen what you've done? Like, now I don't want to bother talking to him. So. I wasn't trying to pop your balloon a sec. You kind of did. You did pop my balloon. Now I can't be a goon. See, see I'm now talking, but I'm like talking <laughs> about not talking, right? Like, do you hear what you're saying? It sounds like winning for me. I bet you are winning. Oh, yeah? Well, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Triple D Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. Edward, what's good? How's it going, everybody? Other than popping my balloon, my metaphorical balloon. Oh my god! Hey everybody, I'm Edward. What's up? We it's your boys. Uh, it's your boys, James, Edward, and Timestamps. Damn right. Because listeners, we have timestamps in the beginning. So if you ever just want to jump straight to any part of the show or just get onto the show, it's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings. I have them there because even when I listen back to the show, I'm going like I could listen to the whole show. But fuck it. I'm just going to skip to the fucking meet the main event. But we like to have fun on this show, don't we? I think so, yeah. Uh, you know what? That is an actual true statement. Yes. As, uh, as the excitement I say in my voice right here. I don't know what's good. You want anything you want to share about life? Well, since we get to the obvious thing we're going to talk about, I saw something really funny on Reddit today. Oh, yeah? What's the, what did you see on Reddit? WWE, is this appropriate that your mom could listen to the show? Oh, totally. Okay. WWE's Cameron Grimes recently was talking in an interview how when he was younger, he actually caught one of John Cena's shirts, and he said when he was younger, and he said the first thing he did was, bro, I got to see what size they are. And if you can believe this, he said the shirts John Cena used to come out with at like peak buff as a cloud Cena. Like it's almost like, dude, he was too ridiculously buff. Yeah. Uh, Those were triple X's. And in his own words, the arms were still noticeably stretched. You know, those armbands he used to wear. Those were I learned that this too. Those were not armbands. Those were headbands that he wore on his arms. That legit fit on his arm. (laughs) And did not slide it's, off. It's, keep in mind, Cena does kind of have a bit of a big head. But yeah, oh, his no. arms were so jacked. He And his shirts were triple X with the arms noticeably stretched. Damn. That's hilarious That's fucking Because I knew about like the fucking, it was headbands on his arms and his fucking arms are the size of fucking uh, like, uh, like a person's head. Yeah, yeah. But that's still uh, pretty redonkulous. So, all right then. Want to get to the obvious thing that happened to us this week? What happened? What did we do this week? Well, so uh, me and James, that's James over there. Yes, yeah, so I'm over here. We uh, we decided to uh, go to a little wrestling show you might have heard us mention before called Pro Wrestling Gorilla, a.k.a. PWG, a.k.a. PWG, PWG. Yep. Over in the uh, Los Angeles at the beautiful Globe Theater. Yeah, which we went and got some burgers at Grill and Wall. You know, just a total just chilling trip. Tasty, Fuck tasty that. That's burgers. a pretty awesome trip. We just cruised, got some burgers at the Grill Mall, roll up to the show. Bar- yeah. The line, like the door is already going. So like we were like in line for not that long. Yeah. We find a seat and the show actually starts at a good time. Yeah, it wasn't not an fuck- hour late like last time you went. Yeah, I know, which that was fucking hilarious. Because last time I went to a PWG show, I was lagging because I was playing video games. That fucking good friend Bone Steals, which lesson or fact 
Video games are addictive. Yeah. So maybe you shouldn't play them. <laughs> Not gonna lie, but either way, I was re- I was lagging, falling behind, and I had to go to a show. I had to go to the show, so I just got packed up my shit, and I was on the way, and I was gonna be forty five minutes an hour late since the bell time. So I'm like, All right, I'm gonna miss like a match. I'm gonna miss like a match or two matches. I literally roll up, and it's like, oh, dude, we're like halfway through the first match. We started late. I'm like, thank God, <laughs> that was so awesome. And that was the show where I watched Bandito Loss and Daniel Garcia Garcia become champion. The sports entertainer. And it was actually like me seeing the first time in person, Kanosuke Takeshita, freaking wrestling. Super awesome. Yeah. That was a pretty tight show. Yeah. Edward wasn't there. He didn't want to go. Well, I couldn't go. But yeah, this show we saw was pretty gnar-gnar. I like this. It was like there was supposed to be seven matches, but they had to cut it down to six. And you know what? I don't mind a six show. There was six a, match. There was show. a good opener. There was a women's match. It was the first women match I've seen in PWG. You said they've probably had women there before. Like they've had Candice LeRae. That's yeah. all I know. If you ask me, it was a scary gal from Russia called uh, Masha Slamovich. And then and we got this annoying fucker behind us who's just like, huh, oh my god, making Russian memes. Moskoslevich, number one. Putin expects better from you. Uh, Putin expects better from oh, you. Oh, bro, it's not nearly as bad as fucking the main event where he started, like, you know, and, and speedball, the speedball match. He was getting, like, kind of, like, unambiguously a little racist with the jokes. Yeah, he was kind of fucking lame. But that aside, and then she wrestled the magical girl, Yuka, I forgot her last Yuka name. Yuka Sakazaki. Sakazaki, which I do still have her card. Because yes, I have my card. I have, uh, like, we met her after the show. Yeah. We took some, like, weave-ass fucking pictures. My sent that picture. Uh, my mom saw that when you posted that on your Instagram. And my brother, Nick, was there. And my mom, according to the four people that were with my mom, she was like, Who's that girl Edwards with? He's supposed to be going to a wrestling show. And my brother Nick's and my brother Nick's like, no, my brother Javi was like, uh, Deanne, I think that's the wrestler. No, he's supposed to be going to a wrestling show. My brother Nick's like, come on, Deanne. You'll be lucky if Eddie comes back tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. I asked you to put in a good word for me for her in Japanese, but two problems. One, you said no, and two, you don't speak Japanese. Yeah, yeah, so you're kind of fucked on that one. And we met the guy in the main event against Daniel Garcia. Yeah, Takeshita, that was pretty sick, the, too. Some of the, the fucker, I couldn't remember how to say his goddamn name. Nope, it's like, if there was a gun to your head, you were basically dying that night. But uh, that was a great, yeah, it was just, you know, um, it was just a great show overall. is always a good show. The worst PWG show will still be good or very good. Yeah, like the worst PWG show is going to still be like a good show. It's still going to be some of the best but wrestling you see at least all month. Definitely. It's definitely something like, and for us, like that's some of the best live wrestling we've seen on all in like in a minute too. So. Oh yeah. Like I was pretty, I was pretty stoked on like seeing live. I did watch Forbidden Door. So there was really some awesome matches there. Yeah. G1's coming up, but I'm saying in a live atmosphere, in a smaller atmosphere, it's PWG. And we kept on running the people that this was like their first PWG show. Yeah, there's always people at every first show, but there was some there was some people that straight up didn't know how some shit worked. Yeah, like literally the fucking uh, Putin number one, Russia number one. Yeah, Putin expects better. He literally because there's an opening shtick with a 
Superstar AEW lead commentator Excalibur. He always does like this opening <laughs> shtick to like get the show going. And and this is the shtick. I'll run through it quick. He always goes every month. It, it used to just be every month is Women's History Month, Black History Month, and Black Women's History Month. But now he threw in Pacific Islander, Asian, Pride, Hispanic, Latino. I think he got like I think he got mixed up on this one. Yeah, he did because he was like getting his order mixed up. He used he to did. have a shtick, but it didn't matter to me. And then he always goes every day's Earth. Uh, sorry, every week is Shark Week, and then every day is Earth Day because we recycle. It's a fun shtick and people that have actually been at PWG shows like know that. Obviously yes. people that haven't like they're like fucking, what is this? What is what do you call him? Superstar AEW lead commentator? Yeah there's superstar lead AEW commentator Excalibur. <laughs> Oh, my, my favorite one of those was, so there were, so, um, Malachi Black and Brody King, who are House of Black on AEW, they have a, they got a real big fan base right now, real big following. Yes, they got a fucking fan base, bro, they fucking were charging, what was it, like 60 to $150 for people to join their fucking church or some shit, which I'm yes. sure those are the fuckers that came in with the House of Black flags. Which they, we, we did concede they were cool, but man, those fuckers were annoying. Oh my God, dude. Some but, of them were. Yeah, Not the, as annoying as the guy that always sits on the up left balcony that hates the technical wrestlers. No, I like that. I can deal with that guy. I can deal with that Russia guy. Number yeah. guy. Russia number one fucking greenhorn guy. Oh, that guy was way worse. I'm like, dude. It was way I, worse. I was like, I wish I wasn't in the seat right now. This sucks. Like the guy up in the balcony, he doesn't do that much shit. Like nah, I've been yeah. there, he's just going, mm, I don't like technical wrestling. I don't like Zack Sabre Jr. But the point I was getting at was yeah, about Jonathan the House of Gresham, Black, uh, about the House of Black thing. So Malachi Black, who was Alistair Black in WWE, he always had a following, right? But a lot of people really liked him when he was do at his peak in NXT. So he has a following. So there's a lot of people, and then obviously with Malachi Black and House of Black, he's a real hit. So the guy behind us. He was, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm just here for House of Black. One guy's like, they're I'm from all, Malachi Black. I'm only here for Malachi Black. And I'm like, oh, that, I'm sorry for you. And there was, and so I'm like, Malachi- so I have a feeling that guy behind us did, like, Russian number one guy was just not there to actually, like, you know, hey, let's watch all these other, like, pretty sick wrestlers. Yeah. And so they were fighting Aussie Open. And then he gets in there. I forget which one of the guys he gets in there, but Malachi Black gets in there with one of the Aussie Open guys, starts doing a lot of his grappling stuff because he's known for his kicks but he does a lot of grappling and then the russia number one guy behind us russia is like number one what's all this grapple shit and i turned around and i'm like that's how malachi wrestles yes that's him wrestling so stuff like that i question this guy and then uh yeah it was i mean yeah but no, like, great overall, show. it was a great show like believe me the speedball mike bailey versus buddy matthews match was awesome yeah and the, that was almost uh, match of the night but man that was ma- so good and the main event was super awesome so honestly it was a great wrestling show yes oh, fuck where the hell i put my phone um anything else you want to talk about with that show or should we start on no, that's show? pretty much it just that if you're in california go go hit a p-dubs it's awesome yeah well you got to pay attention to their twitter so yeah that's the only way you know when they got shows and you gotta wait till when they're announced and then like you know purchase the tickets either the night of but tickets were slow so i said it's like the la pwg show isn't like as rabid as the Reseda shows no They've Let's slowly leave. gotten less rabid, but they they're got, still fun. They've gotten less rabid, and it's just not as like an environment. But the thing about the Reseda shows was like you can bring your own fucking pitcher and then get the beer and drink as much beer as you want from that pitcher. That's part of the reason why it was so rowdy. Yes. 
And also, they didn't have to be on like a freaking like they didn't have to be on a strict time limit. Yeah, there, there was no. Oh, dude, this show is funny because they they had to be on a strict time schedule because right after PWG was going to be some BDSM leather show. Yeah, there was going to be some BDSM leather club. Like, there's like some BDSM, yeah, like club bondage show or just a fucking bondage leather fucking dance club night. We saw fl- some of the people walking in. They're going to be working that. And it's just yep. the most cliche thing you could think yep. of. White dudes with slick back hair and gelled goatees. And a very collar shirt. <laughs> with a tie. With a tie. And running with the suitcase. And then the fucking security would just go like, hey, show's over. Get out. I'm like, Yeah, homie, yeah, yeah. That homie, one the ring dude. isn't disappeared yet. Yeah. I think we'll be gone before the ring actually disappears. And like, and like, and they were like saying that to the crowd, and it's like the crowd. What happens at PWG really quick is during intermission and at the end of the show, wrestlers go to the ring, they pick a spot at the ring, and that's where they do their hustling. That's where they get merch, give uh, they take pictures with you, and that's where you can meet them. And not all of them do it, but a lot of them, but but many of them do. It's really awesome. And this asshole's just like, "Come on, keep it moving, go, let's go." And then I'm like, "Show's over, get out of here." And I'm like. Now we're gonna meet these uh, Japanese wrestlers that yeah. I doubt are you know not for, that doubt will be a long time to ever come back to the United States, yeah. especially meeting in a very intimate setting like this. So yeah. I want to casually meet Yuka Sakazaki and Kanosuke Takeshita. All right, yeah. So fuck off. How am I? And it's not just me and Edward. There's also like a good like many people. They had the longest lines. Yes. They had the way longest. I felt lines. I felt bad for my Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh my god! Like five people went up to him he while we were a, waiting in line for. I wanted Yuka. to actually go to Speedball, but the lines for for Yuka during intermission were taking so fucking long. But yeah, it is so. It was, I felt bad too because there's a point where right before an intermission is gonna end, he's like, "Last call for Speedball," and I think like two people went up to him. <laughs> Don't Which worry. sucks because that was he had a great match. Oh no, just go to the next PWG show and actually meet Speedball. Yeah, I'm gonna apologize. And hopefully Yuka isn't there. I don't think she will be. <laughs> I think she'll be back in Japan with yeah, the next yeah, PWG yeah. show. All right, ready for hot or not? Yeah, let me get the bumper. Yep. Yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. Okay, then. Well, let me bring up where the good friend Ben Steele has uh, sent us today. Yeah, what's up, Jake? Actually, give me one second, people. There's a glitch. Okay, I got everything figured out. Um, Let me bring up good friend Ben Steele. I know, compelling radio I got going on here, but I have it right here. So this is by a new band called Honey Revenge. Uh, All I got to say is this girl, her promotion is fucking killer. Like they they promoted this song to an annoying level for basically like, you know, two and a half, three months. Like she really pushed it. She did a great job. And uh, the song uh, smashed uh, is all over TikTok um, and it seems to be doing really good. So, uh, yeah, kudos to her. Anyways, it's, it's very like it's like Disney 2003 Disney uh, Tweeny Bubblegum Pop Punk. Well, sounds like, my dude, you need to actually do better at your promoting then. Jake, you just basically like like telling us what your where your faults are at. All right, let's check this out. This this project's called Honey Revenge, and then the song is called Distracted. Let me pull it up. 
It's Honey gonna, Revenge. Yeah, that's the name of the fucking artist. Interesting. That's not a half bad name. Oh, no, I didn't say it was bad. I just never heard a name like that before. Well, I guess there's some creativity that. All right. It's, um, that's a way to, that, that is a way to start your song. Dude, this person literally only has two singles, like literally two tracks on Spotify. What, this and Smashed? Well, the song's called Distracted, and the other song is called Miss Me. Oh. Unless Miss Me is a EP. Nope, it's just one song. Interesting. I definitely hear what he meant by early 2000s Disney uh, pop. Not this part, but... See, I was thinking of, like, what, the fucking soundtrack to Atlantis or some shit? <laughs> and I realized, oh, wait a minute, like, you know, High like School their pop, Like what their pop artist sounded like. Yeah. Oh, that's catchy. This, if this feels like she listened to Avril Lavigne and Hailstorm and was like, I want to combine that. I'm sure there's more influences than that. Sure, but those are the two that stand out to me. Um, I don't know. They're kind of generic. They're kind of gen- they're pretty uh, pretty generic. That's the idea. Yes. Well, either way, Honey Revenge is a pop rock band creating a buzz out of Los Angeles, California. The debut single "Miss Me" exhibits a the economy of a complex melodic core draped in rock influence riffs that makes Honey Revenge a deadly sweep, a threatening treat. This is what the Spotify bio is. What? Now, since collaborating on their debut single with producers Josh Strock, who has done who's done work with Lil Lotus and Thousand Below, okay. and Zach Jones of As It Is and Nova Twins, and Chris Cummins, oh my god, there's like fucking three people. Who's done Dance Gavin Dance and Issues? The band has been busy preparing a hive worthy of the of the approaching storm. What? I mean, I know who Issues and Dance Gavin Dance are. Well, they've worked with like three fucking producers. It's a nice guitar solo, I guess. Well, just seems like they're doing the rock thing. Ooh, that's a Guitar Hero solo. Well, I guess, yeah, no, a Tic Tac song. I like her voice. Like, it's good. Like, I'm like, 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 it's pretty good. It sounds like the single of Jake's Dreams. That was a good question with Hot or Not. How does this compare to Jake Bone Steel's original music? Well, if the scale of Hot or Not is hot, that's better than what Jake has produced. And Not is like less than what Jake has produced. I think this would be an automatic hot. <laughs> it's like, definitely this is leaning not, that way. Like, this is pretty good. I'll give it a good. Is it lighting my world on fire? Am I going, you know what? That's pretty fucking sick. Are you going to do duets with that on your TikTok? No, I I don't, I don't do shit on my TikTok, TBH. <laughs> but fucking... You, right. know, you know what? Break uh, it down. Tell I, me if this is bringing a fucking storm of fucking revolutionary music. Okay. Well, not really. Yeah. But I think it's good enough to be a hot... You know, I will. What, is it is it how I'm rating it on the boat steel? Is it better than the boat steel track? Well, I'm not rate. 
Okay. Well, oh, to answer your question, yes, but I'm not rating it on a bone steel scale. I'm rating it on a how did this how did this noise sound to my earlobes? And I thought it sounded good. I can see them going somewhere. I guess it's like it's almost interesting. It's like you know what? It's not bad. It's, They'd be upper mid tier on a on a on a festival. I'm just saying. I would like to. I wish there was more to actually listen to. Then, like, just these singles, as I said, I'm sure these are very smart, articulate people that are really pushing their music in a smart way. Well, the music way. industry has trained us to believe that albums and even EPs don't matter now, just single songs. And true. And, like, here's the thing if this is just a TikTok artist, then sure, like, I'm sure there's a good, like, singular bit that was great for TikTok. But, like, I'm thinking when it comes to the melody, it's like, you know, it's not bad, but it doesn't light my world on fire. Yeah. It's like. The song's at a, like 117,000 listens, and I feel like it's a song that's at 117,000 listens. Can gain more. Is it better than Bone Steel? Yes. Here's the thing. I realized something. We shouldn't judge it on a scale of Bone Steel. We should judge it on a scale of Andy Negative, because that was legit one of the worst Hotter Knots we had. Oh, dude, that and was that's a- what Jake wants to achieve. Okay, I don't think he wants to achieve Andy Negative. I think no, he, no, wants he doesn't to- want Andy Negative. He wants Andy Negative's like sound. What? No, yeah, yeah. he kind of th- wants. He kind of has Andy Negative's he's, aesthetic. He's better than Andy Negative. I'm going to give him that. Yes, he's better than Andy. Negative. That might be the most least complimentative compliment you I've ever heard anyone give anyone. Mm, well, I feel sorry for that. Um, I feel like this band has a better single on the way. Okay, I feel like they would like some. I if this is like higher on like TikTok, I think I'm leading to a knot. Mm. Is it better than any of Bone Steel singles? Oh my god, James. Dude, I'm literally gonna like I'm gonna remember this. I'm literally gonna go. I was like, okay, how do we rate this song? How do we personally feel about this in our own personal taste? Which I would not trust people. If you love this song, then go for it. You don't want my same taste, okay? I listen to way more fucking garbage ass shit. I don't know. Our taste isn't so bad. We can go from disc to Yanni. Do you literally just name my band? To fucking a guy that played at the fucking Egyptian pyramids. No, wait, I didn't mean discount. I meant to say, um, I, I meant oh, to say, that, I meant to say discharge. I'm glad you. I listen, meant to say discharge. I'm glad you listened to my band. That's well, cool. Yeah, dis- well, yeah, discrimination is cool, but uh, I meant discharge. Yeah, you and your like Viking muse lady that you've been going on a couple <laughs> dates with. That I don't know. Hopefully she doesn't listen to the podcast. Uh, well, I mean, I did tell them about it. Oh, cool. Well, either way. The Viking lady that you're have uh, been having that you've been seeing and going on cool dates with uh, for the minute. How about you and her can come out to the fucking disco show I'm putting on in a fucking couple weeks? I will see. Oh, but you'll be working. You're like, no, I can't make it. That's not my fault. Well, then I'm gonna break your fucking drum set. You're gonna break my fucking drum set. I'll pull a Dylan. All right. Let's get. Can we get to the goddamn who? It's. I think it's a hot. You think it's a not? Yeah, I'm just gonna say it's a not. But is it better than the Bone Steel single? Yes. You know. Okay. So you gave me a hard time because you're like, well, why do you like the segment? Because it's just us roasting Bone Steel. I'm like, yeah. You're the. You roast Bone Steel more than me, even more than me. I shouldn't make it sound like I don't roast Bone Steel, but. Well, I'm. Uh, it's like I have this astute talent of roasting our good friend. <laughs> no, your no, your talent is is uh, your talent is roasting our good friend Dylan. Dude, I have a here's you a, have mastered that craft, dog. It's like impossible because like literally the craft is so like I might have I might have put down ten thousand hours of roasting Dylan. I might be a legit master at roasting the Dylan because it's know, like comes too easy. 
Like it's almost just like it's almost like second nature with me roasting the Dylon. Takes a hundred times to learn. It takes a thousand to understand. And like it takes and I've been like roasted boat seal for a minute, so I'm I don't know if I'm at the ten thousand hours yet, but I might be there. Not gonna lie. But all right. Tell me about the who. Well, we're here at the end of our journey, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else. We've uh Thank God. I love the like no the Who is a good band, but fuck, it's been long. And yes, we haven't really taken any breaks because I just want to just push the fuck through. Yeah. But I've been feeling it. Like, here's the thing. I like the band enough where it's like, you know what? I don't feel like we need any breaks. And even at the worst, it's like no breaks. But there's part feeling, of it I'm just like, I do want to just get this over with. Not going to lie. I was kind of feeling with some of those 70s records. But for now, this is the final album for The Who for the foreseeable future. Yep. Uh, it is called, <coughs> it's just called Who. Not called the Who. It's just called Who. Here's the thing. It's interesting. Wasn't the last record made in in uh, 2006? So, and this one came out in 2019. Just three years. And ago. here's the thing about this band: Do they have to make another record? Mm, I would say not. No. Now, obviously, artistically, if they've been vibing and they want to make new songs, then cool. It's definitely worth checking out. Sometimes it's the it's for the better, or for the worse, or the third option, just there. But let's go into this. So the track. Oh, and uh, by the way, good news: no mini opera this time. This was like a forty-minute album, eleven songs. Oh, thank the fucking lord. Track one is Especially called for twenty nineteen. <laughs> it's like we're in a CD digital streaming era. You can put as much music as you want. They literally was like, "All right, we're gonna make an album at forty-five minutes." I'm like, "Thank fucking god!" <laughs> oh my god, shorter releases are so much better. Uh, with song one, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's called All This Music Will Fade. So my notes are going to be a little short because when we were driving to PWG, I hadn't listened to the album yet. James hadn't listened to the album yet. So he was Let's like... Let's listen to it together. So this song uh, this song feels like it's intentionally hearkening back to The Kids Are All Right. Um, it is a... I wrote here, it is a Who song. Yes, sir, it certainly is. The song seems to be... Yes, sir, it's definitely a Who song, sir. I don't know. It seems to be kind of complaining about the music industry, I think. that Like, literally, the opening lyric was, I know, I know you're going to hate this song. I'm like, but I liked the song. I don't know. I gave song one a six. Good opener. All right, so song one, I wrote down this actually ruled. I was vibing it. I'll give it a high six out of ten. Indeedy. I'm like, here's the thing, like coming off the like last record, this definitely felt like the first track had some more life to it. Yeah, that's the important thing. Life. Yes. Track two is Ball and Chain. A big swooping piano intro. Vaguely bluesy. Might be about prison. They name dropped Guantanamo. Was distracted. Oh, fuck. What you write? I wrote here, was distracted by Papa Steve losing his smile. Because at this time, I was, like, telling a story of, like, yeah, so Dylan and Papa Steve went to, like, Papa Steve is Dylan's dad. They went to a Paul McCartney show, and then once the show was over, Dylan realized he lost his keys in this big old stadium. Yes. Luckily, it ended up with them. They just went back to the car, and he left the car unlocked, and the keys were in the car. But you said there was a point where where Papa Steve was getting a little upset. Fucking dude, Dylan was just here when you arrived. Damn it, you could have asked for that story. I forgot completely until I saw my notes. Oh, dude, you're missing out. I gave track to uh, another six. I thought it was quite good. Here's the thing. I thought this was a tight groover, and for a lead single, I thought it was actually pretty good. I'll give it a seven out, seven out of ten. Ooh. Definitely, it was like, you know what? I like the song. 
Track three is called I Don't Wanna Get Wise. It's a fun radio pop song. It sounds like the 60s time traveled. Very good. I vibed hard. They don't they don't want to get off just like bone steel. Why did I write that? Well, here's the thing. I gave it a seven. Is it damn? For like this song, I thought it was good for old dudes just want to be young and dumb. And during this time period when in the car, I was like sitting there and was like, because these dudes are talking about want to be young and dumb. I'm like, this sounds like the fucking ballad of like Bone Steel's music. That's why I wrote that. Okay. Because I'm like sitting there and like, dude, homeboy turns 30 and he's like, living life in the stereo. I'm like, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm lost in the stereo. And I'm like, he's like sitting there on his TikToks. The song's about like living nostalgia because you don't want to get old. I'm like, Damn, bro, you good over there, bro? Hey, you know what? It's memorable. Think about it. If it wasn't memorable, would we remember the words? I've only ever heard that song the one time. Dude, I don't even know the fucking words. It's not something about the... Oh, you know you do. There's somewhere in there. Somewhere, Something about the stereo, and I cringe and just like automatically go to the next story because I'm like, I don't want to see where the... I don't want to see the rest of this. It's kind of <laughs> cringe, but that is Bone Steel. We're talking about the who here. I'm fucking good at roasting that guy. Um, I thought this was good for old dudes wanting to be young and dumb. So I give it a six out of ten. I didn't see the seven how you saw, but you didn't saw the seven in the last song. So. Well, it was a gradual build because like song mm. two, yeah, this is mm. good. Song two, oh yeah, this is good. Then song three, it's like yeah, so, you know. Track four was fun. This song was called Detour. Do 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 do. Detour, detour, and I'm like, well, we had we had fun listening to this. I'm one. like, the song is like not gonna like kind of suck, but it's like memorable <laughs> filler. Detour, rockabilly. Uh, you say rockabilly, I just go like, this was something. I wrote, I wrote here in my notes. When did Rascal Flats get here? No, okay, I gave it a six. I gave it a six out of ten. So you never get any of my references or comparisons. Yeah, I'm like sitting Rascal Flats. Rockabilly? Come on, come, well, no, I'm not saying Rascal Flats is Rockabilly. I'm saying the song reminded me of Rockabilly mixed with Rascal Flats. Uh, you didn't say the mix. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie, poopsie. I give it a 6 out of 10 if I didn't say it. Track, uh, I think you did. Track 5 was called Beads on One String. This song was cool. It sounded like it had a good ambience to it. I wrote here, it sounds like it could be on an Ape Escape soundtrack, which is always a plus. That's another 6 from me. You say Ape Escape, I say uh, PBS special kind of like soundtrack music. Like, this is a nice... <laughs> Those are two different kinds of soundtracks. That's a something. There's the thing. You're like, I play video games in Ape Escape, and I'm like, I watch television, and I watch some PBS every now and then. So, it was a nice ambient groover. I, I mean, did- I did too at one point in Hell Dog. I grew up with Roly Poly Oli. I'm just saying. I said, for me, I felt like it comes off as corny PBS music, but... Uh, it was a nice ambient groover. So I'll give it a light 6 out of 10. Track 6 was called Hero, Ground Zero, a violin warrior. It felt like credit music, like played at the end of a movie. That's all I wrote. Uh, probably because we were on the freeway, Santa Maria area. So well, 6 out of no, 10. No, I think we're past that. No, okay. I think we were, we're past Napomo. Maybe. Oh, yeah, we were definitely past Napomo. Okay, well, I had to focus on the road. I think you were like, you named a town backwards. Not forwards, but where we go. Like, um, here's the thing for song six. I'm like, this is a mad lad layer boy. If you like production <laughs> and you like a lot of stuff going on, this is the song for you. But I felt like there wasn't really much of a song for me to actually enjoy. But you know what? For production, I'll give it its credit. So I get the song a six out of ten. Okay, so track seven was called Street Song. It's dope keyboard sandwiched between a catchy drum beat and good vocals. I thought this song was a real standout. I gave it a seven. 
So for song seven, I honestly felt this was like hitting a wall for me and it was kind of more of the same and kind of filler for me. I'll give it a high five out of 10. Like it's definitely, I don't feel like I put it as a six. I'll give it a high five out of 10, but Hey, Edward was digging the song. So yeah, it's so seven out of 10. As I said, there was a, there was a familiarity to it, but I must've like not care for that familiarity. Track eight's called I'll Be Back. This song was something that I described as it sounds like Frontierland tunes mixed with smooth jazz. Because well, I opened up with a viol- with a harmonica. And I wrote here, Evangelion credit music, six out of ten. Okay, then. Uh, for song eight, I wrote down this was some chilling filler. I'll give it a five out of ten. <laughs> it was kind of just a low-key chilling song. Maybe it kind of sounds like anime credit music, but... Track nine is uh, Break the News, Folky Boy, very modern sounding Folky Boy. Some I wrote it, some train bullshit. It's fine, though. Uh, it's a, I didn't really care much for this one. I gave this one a five. Here's the thing. I thought this was a modern, modern indie sounding song, boy, and I vibe with it. I give it a high six out of ten. It can't fucking be fucking kidding me. It can't be a seven. Here's the thing. I like it when the who change it up. True. Like, it seems like you like the Who when they're doing the same shtick. No, I like it when they change it up. Oh, but just because someone changes it up doesn't mean I'm going to like it. True. But here's the thing. I liked it. I thought... Like, w- I wouldn't like Load, for instance, if I didn't think it was actually good. Is Like, here's the thing. It might have been, like, modern indie, but I like that they tried it and they made a pretty good song and it, like, oh, it was like it was different. Uh, yeah. And I, I enjoyed it. Pete Townsend's a musician's musician. Yep. Uh, so let's see here. Track uh, ten is called "Rock in Rockin' in Rage." Rock and Rage. Piano Rocky Boy. There's strings. There's fucking good- Silent Rage. Oh wait, no, this wasn't oh, Silent Rage. Fuck, I got plenty to say about yep. Silent Rage. It's uh, there's good guitars. There's strings. I wrote here. It's the Who. What more do you want? Six out of ten. So, got a rage with the Who with some pianos and violins. I give it a six out of ten. And the final track is uh, track 11, She Rocked My World. Um, All I was able to write was more lounge music. It was a very soft song, I remember, Um, but I really dug it. Um, It's another song where they sound pretty different than usual. I ended up giving that one a six. I wrote down this was okay to finish off the album. I'll give it a light six out of ten. Not much of a good album closer, but so if, oh well. So if I was to uh, tally. tally up my scores uh, while we were reviewing this because I forgot to do it earlier, which I'm not saying I did that. Come on, out of a score of 110, this album got a 66, which yeah, is pretty up the middle. But you know what? That's a good record. I don't know if I've made it clear. I love the Who. Yeah, no, Who's awesome. I was glad we took this journey. But, like, after the Who's Next record, it's uh, definitely, it's like, oh, bro, you're struggling. I, I remember we at said point, it at the time, at that, point, but that like, was peak, dog. I'm just saying, at that point, you could take singles, like, single songs from other albums. and Like, they had good songs, but then record-wise, it was just like, I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> I'm like, there's times it's just kind of just like there and it's boring. Like the song is good and I can like, just, like singling it out is cool. But I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, I'm also really bored. There's other stuff I'd rather would listen to. I think, it, I, th- I think, I think it would be lessened if it wasn't for the fact that, uh, there's two concept records and the last record had 19 songs. Like sure. The last like eight or whatever were really short, but here's the thing like that. Like the fucking mini opera was the best opera out of all of them out of all three. Yeah. Yeah. 
Quadrophenia uh, was better than Tommy, I thought, even though it was the first concept record. Uh, are we sitting down and rating these records? Uh, I figured we could I do that I'll, next time. We could try next time. because okay. Here's uh, the thing. Next time, we don't have an album. So here, what would you want to do next time? Do you want to consult the book or I had an idea? What's your idea? It is. We could piss off my mom and do Skid Row's first record. This one's horrible. I'm down with this idea. <laughs> we are the youth gone wild. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. Here's the thing: we know like the fucking like. If you said no to that, I was gonna re- I was gonna recommend another another glam album. No, but to piss off our number one listener sounds like a fun idea. <laughs> we can report on it, and then I, we can hear the feedback the next episode. Yes. <laughs> like in concept, that sounds like some funny ass shit. All right, let me grab the timestamp, and then let's just roll on into the main event. Yes, sir. Definitely, we're on a roll. This show might be on the shorter end. Hopefully. Hopefully, you say. Not gonna lie. I like recording these shows. Uh, You like going fucking two hours? I didn't say that, but... Look, bro, these shows have had a lot to talk about. Oh, you mean tough enough? Yeah, tough enough. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about. And it, when and when like it comes time, to the main event, I like to take my time. I can understand maybe wanting to get through Hot or Not or getting through the CAR. But the main event, oh, bro, I like to take the time. Slow build. Well, definitely. Let's take our time on the main event. So we're here today to review episode eight. Yes, episode eight. Yes, of Toughen Up season yeah. five, the woman Stone Cold being the Stone Cold Steve Austin being the host. Yes. So let me break it down to you what happened last time on the show. There was a lot of focus on Christina. Yeah, like it was basically her episode. It was basically her episode and developing her as an actual character since the prior episodes didn't really do much. But two episodes left. Usually, in the show, an episode kind of helps on that. So the as I said, there was focus on Christina. We had some. WWE diva super diva superstars come by and yeah. kind of just hang out and like just bring morale to the crew since they've been uh, verbally abused by uh, General Erection, Booker T, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Trish Stratus passively. Yeah. yeah. So they're supposed to be creative last so week and they froze. Having a good meal and some drinks and having lovely, beautiful women hanging out and bring up the morale, I'm sure brings up the night. Would bring up like the fucking this uh shitty uh, set of series of events that these contestants have been dealing with. It would probably make me feel better. Now, one of the stars of the show, or at least one of the people we think would actually do well, Martin, he fractures his ankle. Or as yeah. I put, Martin's ankle gets fucked. As simple as that, and he had to dismiss, he had to retire from the show early. Fuck, he might have won the show, not gonna lie. Oh yeah, especially once we found out, once we found out he was Marty the Moth. And I'm like, Sinner, I was like, look at that, he actually did something with wrestling. <laughs> Christina also gets injured too, and they blame it on AJ for like, kind of messing up the spot, so Christina kind of had to like, do a... Freaking double ha- double handle axe, Matt. Fuck, I can't, can't even say it right now. Double handed axe handle, right? You double handle axe handle? Double handed axe handle. It was like axe handle smash. Well, either way, she did a simple move and then she fucking fucked up her ankle. And then there's a possible chance on the cliffhanger. We might not have seen Christina left on the show. And for some reason, the trainers blame AJ for it. Which is horse shit. It's like horse shit. Maybe AJ didn't do the spot it was going to, but Christina's a. Uh, you know, all right, I'm going to freaking throw uh, an option, and that option, for some reason, fucked up her ankle for whatever whatever reason. 
I just have on my notes recapping last week. So last time, Peeps got fucked up. Yes. Well, two people did. <laughs> two people did. So the show opens up proper. They don't even have a... Um, what is uh, the thing? The show opens up. We see a van roll up. Yeah. And Christina comes back to the house. Yeah. And all her ankle is is just a sprain. So she can sit out for a couple days. Good for her. AJ, who, quote unquote, who is the reason she's injured, feels really bad. So he goes to apologize to her. Like he's feeling bum. He's yeah. feeling apologetic. And she says, it's okay. She doesn't blame him, which I'm like, okay, cool. Friendship. I'm like, look at that. Maybe Christina is cool. Yeah. Maybe once you get rid of all the other women in the show, it's like, okay, now I can be a cool person. Yeah. And then the crappy theme song. Yep. So, Ed, sing the name. Some people like to learn. Some people wait their turn. Beautiful. They want to hold you back. Tell them pee off. They want to you can't take the seal off. I remember when they told me I wouldn't be famous. Now my dream and reality is simultaneous. I'm always pushing myself to the limit, making sure I stay ahead. You made me who I am from the things you said. Some some people like to learn. Some people wait their turn. Some people don't believe, but I was born a champion. But I was born a champion. Because you got to be hungry on me. That's never not going to be funny to me. So, yeah, now we see shirtless training. And also Christina's just kind of hanging out with her yeah. leg up because I guess she doesn't have to do anything. But oh, Evelise gets her fucking leg fucked. I was like, no, you gotta push through that, my girl. Ha ha ha. You gotta tough it out. That's what it's about in this business. <laughs> and coincidentally, on the in, on the okay. episode where Christina's injured, no Booker T. And coincidentally, no one is telling Christina to suck it up. Wow. How about that? So, with some shirtless training going, Papa Stone Cold eventually arrives. Thank God. With the word of the day. Oh, boy. The word of the week this week, audience, is charisma. So, this is going to be how I describe the episode in the freaking bio for this one. I just wrote down the word of the week is charisma, and the contestants are fucked. (laughs) Simple as that. When they say charisma, I'm like, yep. These people are fucked. He says, I could teach you a lot of stuff, but I can't teach you that. Either, right. either have it or you don't. When I think of charisma, I think Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Superstar Billy Graham. And that's pretty much it. So he leaves and Bill says, Bill says, you now have permission to perform. And then I'm sitting there like, damn, these people are extra fucked now. Because literally, they've like told him like fucking basics and shit, but now it's like now you have to perform. I'm like, wow, you really have set these people up to fail. The moves he wants them to do are head scissors, kick out, charge him. That's what he says. Charge him, drop toe hold, back into the headlock, and then rinse repeat. And then I wrote here, yes, you have permission to perform the script. AJ and Luke first. There's nothing really too notable about this. The only thing worth noting is that at the very end of their sequence, if you could call it that, they do simultaneous drop toe holds. And it's like, Sinner is like, all right, who was supposed to do the drop toe hold here? I guess it might have been Luke. Either way, AJ messes up. And you know what happens to AJ? 
Get out of the damn ring. Bill says, you think I'm going to allow you to keep to, to come in this ring and keep pissing in my Cheerios? Keep pissing in my Cheerios? Oh, uh, Mr. Rection, you look like you have a big bowl of Cheerios. So. <laughs> Next is Andy and Big Rig. The story is Jeremiah is slow but stiff and dangerous. And he starts rushing. And if that sounds a little confusing, well, that's what they were saying. Nothing notable until Andy... It's okay to say Big Rig is green and he might be, uh, you know, in a choreographed performance, he might be a little on the stiff side. Yeah. Nothing really notable happens until Andy and Luke go at it. Bill says... Like, literally, Andy and Luke have a good session. Bill says... He says those two really put it together. They had charisma, courage, technique, and focus... I sure as shit didn't see that. I think they did the best. But he, when he's saying they, they had, had charisma, focus, and courage, I'm like, what? Damn, dude. How fucking shitty has these sessions been? That's what I said. I said, Bill was so impressed. I wrote here, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I forgot to mention, I'm not making this up either. He brings Andy, Luke, Trish, and himself into a big four-way group hug. Because I guess today was actual good day of training. It's like, oh, man, no one actually sucked today. I'm like, wow. You guys did a good job. I'm like, wow. Either Have they did- a group hug by Hugh G-rection. I'm like, either they did some baller shit we didn't see or can't understand, or Bill DeMont has some really low standards. I think his I think he's had to lower the standards over time. I'm sure he's dealing with some fucking utter trash. He then says, Good job, guys. Now get out of here. And he points to Christina. He says, Take this gimper with you. Which Christina smiles and laughs. Uh-huh. I feel like that's not really cool, but whatever. Whatever. Now it's time for the awkward the weird challenge. Oh my fucking god. So now they're in the middle of Hollywood. To teach them charisma. They have well the challenge to do the sh- see what they have for charisma. To be honest, yeah, I don't think there was much really teaching here. This is just kind of see. All right, who who what? has basic public speaking skills? They bring on Sykes James Roday. Yeah, so the random fucking guest this week. Well, guest number one, spoiler alert. Yeah, is James Roday from the hit USA show on USA, I'm like, which also aired Raw and Tough Enough. Oh, my God. How Rexion said it, too. It's like, yeah, so today we're here to teach charisma, but it's not like you have to turn on charisma in the ring. You must have charisma all the time. And to help, help us with that, we have James Roday from the hit number one show on the USA Network, Psych. I think I mixed it up. But either way, he's just like... Wow, did you just read that off a fucking prompter there, Rection? He was wearing glasses. Maybe it was so he couldn't see him read the teleprompter. Damn fucking straight. So, and, oh, yeah. did, and James Roday looked like he's like, uh, yeah, here's going, guys. When James Roday comes on, he also squeezes Bill DeMont's man boob. I want to squeeze your boobie. No, like, seriously, Rection. yeah. He asked if he could have permission to grab, quote unquote, his huge pectoral. I want to grab uh, Rection's huge pectoral. I'm like, no, I do not want to grab Huge Rection's pectoral. I don't want to grab Huge Rection. What's up with James Roday? He this, must have been. You must have been on a good one. Because today was like, man, I have to do this for TV. This kind of fucking blows. But Psych was a good show. This actor, this actor is telling these professional wrestlers how it's not just about the moves, which that tells me this shit has to be at least mostly scripted because word for word, at least five people on the show are like, hey, guys, it's not just about the moves because we're run by a pe- we're run by two people that hate wrestling. 
the chow um yeah he says not just about the moves and every week uh, oh yeah this i wrote here i forgot every week i'm convinced more and more vince mcmahon feeds people their lines the challenge or as bill calls it a life lesson a life lesson each person has 10 minutes to give a compelling hollywood walk of fame bus tour tour should be easy bill says i'm like bullshit i'd like to see you do that bill bill buggy so aj's up first who tells us he went to when he was in college public speaking was his forte he gets up there and he's all right at first but then at one point he's like and if you look behind you you'll see oh crap we passed it like damn (laughs) yep all I could say. I'm like, there's no hope for this guy. And then, yeah, Rex was just sitting there and was like, well, AJ was flat on the store. He was great at spitting facts, but I can't remember anything because I thought he was boring. Next is Luke. And oh my God, you want to talk about some cringe? Oh my God. First off, tell me about Luke and what he said. First off, he consistently tries to incorporate Bill into his shtick. He's like, all right, we've got my uncle Bill with us today. Hey guys, are my Uncle Bill with me today? They pass by the wax museum, right? And he's like, on my left is the wax museum. Bill, I Uncle Bill, I think you met your first right, wife there, right? She was a real stiff. Hey oh <laughs> Swear to God he does that. Hey oh And people will just awkwardly stare at him. James the psych guy calls him corny. Ha ha. Bill says he went down with the ship. And, okay, I'm going to read you verbatim my notes for Chris. Like, no, he cracked a joke and is like, no reaction. I'm going to try again and try again. And he's like, yep, he is failing and he is not changing up the shtick. It's like when Eric Bischoff tried to do the whole Hey Sid scissors line from WCW and uh, no one reacted. Yep. Okay, so next is Christina. You want to hear my exact notes for Christina? I wrote, Christina. Just there. She died a death. I just now it's Christina, and she's just kind of air. Bill DeMond, of all people, says she has no people skills. Yeah, because she would, like, say something but stutter and just awkwardly be there. Now it was Andy's turn. Remember when WWE fans used to chant at Orton and Cena back in the day? Boring. Boring. Like, literally, he's he does try to do this one thing where he's like, uh, fun fact, uh, there's only one governor who has this star on the Hollywood Hawk of Fame. That's Jesse the Body Ventura. And then fucking Bill DeMott's like, what about Arnold Schwarzenegger? And he's like, oh. Oh. Yeah, he's got butterflies in the stomach, and Andy's kind of a sweaty, awkward mess. He's trying, though. Yeah. And then, for- yeah, and then best for last, Jeremiah, the homie big rig coming in clutch. He killed it. Here's the thing. He wasn't really good at, like, you know, stating the facts and the landmarks. He was just kind of big rigging. Yeah, and that's what Bill said. He's like, I didn't learn a damn thing about Hollywood, but man, was I entertained. <sighs> yeah. And so, yeah, after the bus ride. Yeah, James literally just says, yeah, you all were pretty good, but Jeremiah, good shit, King. Good shit. You no, know, he literally says, yeah, no, you guys kind of suck, except Jeremiah. You did okay. <laughs> Come on, let's be real. And so, now, yeah. So either way, now they're, well, let's go back to the gym. Because and do what, some training. Oh, yeah, no, we literally go back to the gym, and first thing we see is them doing crunches. And then Papa Stone Cold comes out. 
Thank God. And he has a second guest. And it's he, like, oh shit, two guests in one show? Who can it be? This is how he- Obviously the advertisements for going in the commercial kept on fucking telling us who's going to show up on the show. Yeah, which, you know, I never write about those. They do that every week, but I never write in the notes because that would make for a lame podcast. Yeah, no cow. bother. So basically, here's how it goes. He's like, hey guys, here's The Rock. And fuck me, it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm like, oh shit, they got the fucking rock to show up for and a And of course, minute. Stone Cold and everybody's talking heads have to say word for word how he's the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Wait, the what? most electrifying man in all entertainment. Wait, wait, what? Wait, what was he? He's the most electrifying man in all entertainment. So what's up with Dwayne Johnson who's going to be Black Adam? He's, gonna, he's the, That's right, he's Black Adam. He's the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Are you sure about that? I am over <laughs> the rock, bro. With him being Shazam, bro? I don't know. I don't think he's... I want to see him fight Shazam. After that, I don't really care that much. Is Shazam actually going to be in the Black Adam movie? Well, no. Black Adam's getting his own movie, and then I think Shazam's getting his own sequel, and then they're going to have a crossover. But aren't they, like, the fucking in the same story? Well, yeah. No, Black Adam is, like, Shazam's, like, main villain. Usually. Yeah, but we had to fucking need, we need the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. The most electrifying man is all entertainment gets his own movie. To be fair, the trailers make it look cool. But yeah. But the fucking, well, if there's anyone that's been fucking pushing like, yeah, you want to go see Black Adam? It's like, fuck, dude. You know how like Bonesteel was telling us the fucking Honey Hive or whatever the fuck that fucking band we just listened to? Honey Revenge? Yeah, Honey Revenge. Yeah. Sorry, there was too many fucking B puns, so I didn't remember the fucking Revenge. How it's like, they... Put in like a good solid two months of just constant annoying promotion for the song. I'm like, you want to know someone who's been fucking constantly punishing, just promoting and promoting and promoting and promoting, and like he hasn't even fucking filmed the movie yet, but still promoting. Let me take a guess. Was the most electri- the most electrifying man in sports entertainment promoting Black Adam? Yeah. So tell me how the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. What well, do you do? Well, let me scroll down a bit because for, uh, my my natural instincts kicking, and I wrote a promo talking talking about my distaste for the Rock. Oh, what you could tell me about your distaste for the Rock. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Rock here's the, the thing. When, when Rock these days show up on WWE, the rare times he does, they treat him like, oh, this guy was one of our greats. He's one of our pillars. And like, Yo, no, the, if you, the, and I'm like, no. If you look at the attitude there, your guys were. Austin, Michaels, Triple H, Mankind, and Taker, probably in that order. Here's the thing. Well, if you're talking about 97 to 98, yes. Yeah. 99 to 2000, 2001, yes, The Rock was there. But like, but like, I don't know. It's just, it just feels like recently, like I will never forget WrestleMania 30. Hulk Hogan comes out, big pop. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out, bigger pop. Rock comes out, nuclear pop. I'm like, this shit's fucking backwards. Well, Stone Cold can get a bigger pop than Hogan. I don't care. But I'm just like, what the hell? What, I don't know. I don't know. It's just the it, hell? It, it's some revisionist history where they're just like, I don't know. I just feel like for every era Rock was there, it felt like he was never one of he was never one of the he was never the face. He was never the absolute face. He was a big component. He was a big star. Here's the thing. But he was never a focus. He was never an Austin focus or a Cena no, no. focus. He was the focus of 2000. 2000 probably yeah no like literally the year of 2000 is mostly the rock okay when you go through the shows you're gonna hear a lot about the rock and triple h like i'll just write i'll just say what i wrote here if stone cold got injured and he was like on for most of 2000 yeah. they had to give it to somebody but i wrote here if we're talking strictly wwe guys like for all his awful flaws does he have flair's level of charisma not really i'll actually uh, you know it does he have 
uh, in the wrestling world, does he have Hogan star power when he was at his peak? He's no, he sure as shit ain't a better character than Austin before his legacy and, and before his legacy was slightly soiled. There's no way his presence matched Undertaker. And as for Cena, bro, they might be equal on some different things in different ways, but Cena's rise to where he is now is insane. Peacemaker era Cena, like, is almost untouchable. It's crazy. Here's the thing about The Rock, too. I'm not going to lie. Holy fuck, I peaked right there. <laughs> he kind of is a one-note lad. Yeah. He's almost more one-note than Flair. Let, let me tell you about The Rock. He is just cool. That's all The Rock is. It's yeah, I'll just cool. That. Like, you say Flair is one-note, but I, Flair yeah. can be cool. Yeah, yeah. Flair can be a fucking vaudevillian, hilarious fucking cartoon character. True. And then Flair can have intense bloody brawls. Yeah. And have emotional moments of him like like with Shawn Michaels going, I love you. And then fucking kicking his face into, uh, into the ether. My dad thought that was the funniest shit. We watched that <laughs> match live. And he's just, Flair's like, come on, come on. Michaels, I'm sorry. I love you. Here's, and then like, and that's the thing, there's crazy rich man, Flair, there's uh, Flair where he's rich, he's a rich player. And then there's crazy man, WCW Nitro Flair. Yeah. I'm saying, there's like, I've named five different characteristics. The Rock, can you smell The Rock's cooking? It doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what you have to say or whatever. Can't lay it the smack it's down on the candy asses. This is all still the same one note character. Pie. Well. Now, does he have, now that he has life in his like shit, stick? Yes. Yeah. And can he do some comedy? Sure. Yeah. His comedy with like mankind? Yes. But literally, he was just one note, a cool guy. Yeah. And now, listen, to tie us back into the show, I got to give credit where it's like, due. I don't know if I can believe that he, like, legit is, like, having an emotional struggle to actually achieve the top pinnacle of the sport. No. Fuck, even in his movies, it's like, I don't even know if he's even that emotional. He's just being the rock. No, he's literally, we've talked about this before, he just Dwayne Johnson's it in every movie. Yes. Black Adam's going to be different because he actually has to, like, to play a villain. Here's the, I'm trying to think in Jumanji if his character even had an emotional moment of, like, I think... An emotional moment? No, but he had to be, like, wasn't it, like, Kevin Hart was in his body? So he was just pretending to be Kevin Hart? Or, well, no, Kevin Hart was, like, one of the characters. No, I know, but uh, I forgot how that I'm thinking Jumanji, I think his character, he actually showed off that he, there was a vulnerability with his character. I think that's the closest thing I think with Jumanji. Yeah, I don't know how he was in the Tooth Fairy or other movies. We would have well, to watch. Him. No, no, he really did. I remember watching some of his old movies. I remember watching Tooth Fairy when he was in Get Smart. He had range, but I don't know when it happened. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened. But around the time San Andreas, around the time GI Joe and then San Andreas came out. San Andreas. Oh yeah. Well, it's GI Joe and Fast Five. Yeah, and Fast Five. For whatever reason, after those movies came out, he stopped playing characters. And just did the rock. Even Vin Diesel. I see him as the as the main guy in Fast and Furious, and I'm like, that still feels like a character. That still feels like something he created. I don't feel like this is just Vin Diesel calling himself another name. Every Dwayne Johnson role after like in Hobbs and Shaw, bro, that's just Dwayne Johnson. Oh god, yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's true. just Dwayne Johnson, but he's a super spy cop guy. <laughs> and he fights with Jason Statham. To tie this back into the show, yes. I gotta give credit where it's due. Back as to us, this and the Rock. I think we've like made some enemies. Fuck you guys, Rock's. Oh, fucking I never said awesome. I, I never said I hated the Rock or even disliked him. I'm just saying like I'm the, over the Rock. Yeah, no, I like the Rock too. You watch his old stuff. Homie was a pretty capable wrestler. I think people forget actually how good of a wrestler he was. But when I think of Rock, I just don't really think of a wrestler. Well, I think sports entertainer. I think a movie star. I can still look at John Cena and still think wrestler. 
Well, either way, The Rock is here, back in the show. Yeah, to give credit where it's due as a fair man, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise, Rock shows up, he doesn't give a fat speech yet, he's like, let's get into the ring and spar for a bit, where are you at? And like, oh shit, he's gonna spar with everybody, minus Christina. I'm like, that alone is way better than anyone else they had on. Everyone else that comes on is like, you know, hey man, you gotta believe in yourself, man. <laughs> Rock, Rock comes in, he's just like, vibe check! <laughs> He literally comes in vibe checks and he's like literally wrestling. I'm like, fuck. The Rock is too is like too like fucking like like two extra fucking ethereal levels compared to these fucking nerds right now. I thought now. you were gonna say he's too he's too massive compared to them, like the size oh, of his that body. Oh, that too. He's like fucking massive, but literally his fucking movements, his fucking ring demeanor, and like him sparring with them, it's like fuck, dude, you guys all look lame compared to the rock. <laughs> like here's the thing, I'm not saying the rock Really? You don't say. Well, like anyone would look rain, lame compared to the m- many people would look lame compared to the Rock, but like these guys, there was just no hope. Oh, dude, there was no hope. They I'm got like, fucked up. They literally like compared, like wrestled the Rock. It's like why even bother with the show? We know no one's gonna make it from here. No one's even is anywhere even near as good as the Rock. Like how the Rock's presenting himself. Yeah, no one's gonna no one's gonna pass Rock's vibe. Check. And here's the thing: fucking Rock like destroyed his fucking like hip like around this year too. I think that that's right. Well, I heard about that. Thing, it's 2011, and the Rock is showing up a little bit more consistently because I think he's fe- having the random year-long feud with uh, Mr. Cena. Yeah, which, I mean, it's technically a year-long feud, but they just challenged each other the night after WrestleMania, then they forgot about it for like most of the year, and then three months leading into Mania, Rock was like, okay, I'm back, let's feud. Yep. So he wrestles everyone. Because it can't be once in a lifetime. <laughs> it's twice! I really thought they were going to do a third one. Fuck. I hate myself. I have a quick story real quick. That's fine. So remember the first time when John Cena and The Rock wrestled? I was at your pad. Yes. We are watching it. And it was like, well, The Rock's not going to win. Yeah. And then your dad like bets me. And you're like, sure. If if The Rock wins, sure. I know The Rock's not going to win. But either way, I'll go with The Rock. If The Rock wins, your dad buys me like an Arizona iced tea from the liquor store. Well, lo and behold, The Rock wins, and I drove your dad to the liquor store to get me a Arizona That's iced right. tea. That's right. I forgot about it that. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Wasn't dad buzzing a little that night, yeah, too? Yeah, too. Yeah, no. And here's the thing. I was in high school. Yeah. So some fucking dorky teenage kid was driving your pops to the liquor store to get him a fucking iced tea. Imagine explaining that to Nick, who worked at Bottle Liquor. <laughs> well, he does actually know my dad. He's not there anymore. And yeah. he took half his kitchen with him. Yeah, so. Wait, where the fuck is Nick now? Uh, I've totally forgot to ask. I'll ask my pops. Oh my, he is somewhere in Morro Bay, though. He's posted up. Wait, he actually has a fucking restaurant? I don't know if he's got a restaurant, but he is somewhere. I know that for a fact. Because I want his fucking food again. <laughs> so, Rock, everybody. He's wrestling. Rock, I'm hungry now. He's wrestling everyone. Oh God, I'm dying. And I wrote here, the next few minutes is just Rock whipping ass and everyone just putting him over. It's not even that. It's literally he's just in there with the ring, and I'm like, dude, these guys look like a bunch of fucking nerds. Christine. Like, it's not even fair. Now, obviously, The Rock has years on him, yeah, and he's got his shtick down. But, dude, these guys, I'm like, dude, you guys are just fucking creative character people in the fucking ring with The Rock right now. Yeah. So after he spars with them, Rock tells everyone, all right, not bad. Uh, just be loose. Otherwise, uh, you'll blow yourself up. Like, thanks, Rock. Um, Yeah. Like, he's not wrong in that. So next, is, sometimes it's okay. You're like, you know what? Loosen up a little bit. Yeah. So next is the skill challenge, which Rock is going to stick around for. Oh, God, the skill challenge. And since the word of the week is charisma and the Rock's there, 
promo challenge. So remember how I said uh, when they said the word of the week was charisma and I said these people were fucked? Yes. Promo challenge. Two minutes. Uh, they are fucked. Okay, so I want... And here's the thing. They have to cut a promo on Rection. On Bill DeMott, yes. Who has been torturing them except Christina for eight weeks now. So it's Big Rigs up first, and I need you to know something. You and the audience, mm-hmm. America, the world. I wrote down every word of these promos. Oh, my fucking God. Because I love this show. Oh, my God. All right. Big Rig. Two options. Predator and Pry. The only two options I see when I look at you is whether to eat two Twinkies or four. You know, when I look in your eyes, you and me, we ain't that different at all. Because what I like about you is what you like about me. Nothing at all. So whenever you're in doubt... You got too much flow. You got too much flow compared to Rip Big He was Ray. going way slower. He's going way slower I don't want to put choppier. the audience to sleep. Are you I'm all good. All right, keep it going. So whenever you're I'm here in, to be I'm here to be realistic on what I saw with the show, but keep going. You're making him sound a lot better than he actually was. So whenever you're in doubt, all you gotta do is give Daddy Riggs a shout. I popped. I popped for the big rig shout out. <laughs> that was the best part of his promo. Fuck. Is this actually the first time he actually like name dropped his fucking Daisy a love name? Yeah, well he yeah, he said Daddy Riggs. He didn't say Big Rig. He said Daddy Riggs. But I know, and I, I know, and I know, and you listeners can actually go back and listen to our reviews of Daisy of Love, so you can get in the know how to. Bill says easy plug. Bill says he seems comfortable. Rock thinks he might be overthinking it a bit though. Yes. Oh, believe me. I said you were way smoother than he actually was. Yeah, he was like way slower, but I I, I wanted to keep the flow going. Otherwise, you know, it'd be, be boring. Next is Luke. Oh, okay, let's hear about oh, Luke. Jesus. It's standing here, I realized, typing these notes. <laughs> Luke fucking does sound like Romo. Yeah, let dude. Me, he- let me do my Romo voice. <laughs> Bill, I've heard you talk, and... uh it seems to me you think you're the king of the jungle in the ring, right? Dude, you just sound like your brain's more like mush. Well, yeah, but that's how Romo sounds like. Luke doesn't sound like that. Well, you basically Luke hasn't been concussed. You should basically sound like concussed Romo. Okay, let me do concussed Romo. I'll do it from the top. Bill, I've heard you talk, and uh, it seems to me you think you're the king of the jungle in this ring, right? The big bad lion. Well, this Sunday... It's you and me, one-on-one, student and teacher. (laughs) But we're going to crown a... (laughs) Motherfucker. But we're going to crown a new king of the jungle, Bill. But you see, I don't look at me too much like a lion, Bill. You see, I see a big, bad wolf. Died, dude. Yeah. I, I <laughs> died laughing. You're like, oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I see a big bad wolf. That's not over yet. Wait, is that it? No, no, no. It gets better. Oh god. But there'll be no. Mm, it's so bad. <laughs> but there'll be no huffing and puffing because this <laughs> son of a bitch. 
because this is no fairy tale. This is reality. And the reality is this, that I'm the only one with the balls to step into your jungle, hunt down the big bad lion, and pull the trigger with a smile on my face. So this Sunday, Bill, all that's left is click, click, boom. Pull the trigger, James. Well, I just wrote down. This man has said he was going to murder someone. Yeah, he legit was like, I I call you out for a match on Sunday. I'm going to make nature jungle metaphors that are kind of (laughs) backwards. And then basically says, yeah, I am going to be a big bad wolf that has the ability to whip out a gun and just shoot you in the face. He's a wolf with a Glock. Yeah. So you just basically he's basically say I'm a big old mean furry lad and I am going to blast you. I am going to murder you. Shoots you. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. Click. Click. Boom. The first thing Bill says to Rock and the others is, I don't recall a wolf ever beating a lion. He's like, I don't recall a wolf ever beating a lion. Keep in mind, no one mentions the fucking fact he said he was going to shoot him. He's like, I have a feeling this isn't the first uh, death threat uh, Bill DeMont, (laughs) i.e. huge erection, has ever gotten in his life. Well, that's true. But I don't know if ever in promos, threatening to shoot one, someone has ever actually really worked or gotten, gotten over. Christina is next, who says this is a make or break situation for her. Definitely. She's injured and she has to show she has charisma. So how did this go? Oh, fuck. This is almost worse because. Oh, no, this is worse. It's you and me, Bill. Now, as that bell sounds, you'll look across the ring. You'll think, self, who does this girl think she is? You'll convince yourself that you're bigger, stronger, maybe faster, but it's up to me to prove you wrong. And when the referee counts to three, your shoulders are going to be on this mat. And I gave it all I could to make sure you didn't get back up. Riveting. I'm like, this was weird. I just wrote on this is weird and Bill legit like turns to the fucking peanut gallery and he goes yeah I was kind of falling asleep right there Rock said Rock thought she needed to bring it oh yeah go well, yeah. get it because that's his catchphrase uh, I think one she of them ne- um, well I can tell you this she needed to bring a lot more Bill says she's a good girl that's a tough week Andy I know today I'm supposed to Talk about a match you and me are supposed to have. (laughs) Come on now. I swear to God, that's what he does. Do you need to know if you you need to do any impression since he's a bigger, taller dude? Make it sound like you huffed a NOS balloon. Okay. You'll fuck the authority. Okay, yeah. I know today I'm supposed to talk about a match you and me are supposed to have. (laughs) Come on now. We both know me and you ain't going to have a match. You see, reality is. I'm young, strong, I'm on my way up. You're old and gray. World's passed you by. I have this fire. The silent rage that can't be contained. (laughs) The silent rage that cannot be contained. I'm like, fuck. He has been on the... He made a character named Silent Rage in a video game, and now that's just stick. 
I am silent, of silent rage. Silent rage, James. This tells me not only did he believe it, he liked it to try to incorporate it into his character. He believes it. He is it. He is the silent rage in his mind. Anyway. And I, above everyone out there, I feel like I'm just sounding like John Laurinaitis. I'm fucking continue. Just you went from not you went from Nos balloon full to John Laurinaitis. And everyone else here knows it's things like hard work and breaking bones, perseverance, and more than just words, more than just ideas, perspective, or ways of life. My life. The reality is, me and you wouldn't ever have a match. Just like the four out there, your claim to fame will be that you lost to me. What? That got very confusing in the end. I'm like sitting there, I was like, where is he going? And here's the thing. <sighs> yeah. I just wrote down, he calls Re- General Rection old, yeah. and he's going to be his ass. Now, I made the promo sound a lot more. Oh, yeah, no. Actually, let me uh, repeat what I wrote. Okay. He calls Rection old, and is going to be his ass, because he has silent rage! No, I think he is the silent rage. No, he has silent rage, and he's going to use that to whip Bill DeMont's ass. But either way, The Rock said it was just it was going it was getting somewhere, and thought it was going to go somewhere, but then it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it was kind of like you did the promo, and literally in the end, I was like, now he's just saying words. Yeah, I read it back. I I, I read it back as I'm talking. And I'm like. Shit makes no sense. <laughs> Literally, he's just saying words. I'm pretty sure I didn't miss nothing with him. He kind of stuttered and muttered a little bit, but I know I got everything. All right. Net last is AJ. Yep. So how is anti-charisma going to do this challenge? He go. It goes a little something like this. Bill DeMott and Tumbleweed going in the ring. You know what? There was a point where I felt very much at home in this ring. Then you came along. Then you came along, and I got to give you props. You did, you didn't something. I fucked up. You did something no one in my entire career was able to do. Make me doubt myself, Bill. You made me second guess myself, Bill. I'll even go as far as to say there were moments where I didn't even believe in myself, Bill. I don't know if you said Bill there, but yeah, Bill. And you know, I understand all the nicknames and all the ha ha at my expense. Look, that's not what bothers me. You know what does bother me, Vil. Bill. I wrote Vil. Vil. When you level the pursuit. When you level the for Jill. When you level the pursuit of a dream that has consumed me for most of my life, a mockery. That's when you start crapping in my oatmeal. I'm not just coming to beat you. I'm coming to make a believer out of you. But most importantly, like turns and points, I'm going to make believers out of them. Then he drops the mic and leave. And son of a bitch, that wasn't half bad. And Rection, and Rection was going like, damn, that was actually really His exact really- words were, what the fuck? That was fucking good. That was fucking good. And The Rock was like, yeah, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. I looked up, I, I looked up an old thing with Dave Meltzer. He watched this show and like reported on it. Oh my God, what? I read the report, and when it came to this promo, his exact word, Dave Meltzer's exact words for his promo were, it was fucking awesome. So Meltzer liked it. I'm just more shocked he actually reported on the show. 
<laughs> well, you used to report on this, no, Lucha Underground. No, was this the written reports or was this the? I believe radio? it was written reports. I don't think he was. I don't think him and uh, Alvarez did Wrestling Observer radios. They didn't it talk was, about it, it was definitely written though. So yeah, basically. Um, Oh, yeah, so I wrote here, basically everyone likes the fact that AJ went for a worked shoot, bro. So Rock tells everyone who won, who won the challenge, but not in, not in the old-fashioned way. So oh, basically, no. Yeah, he brings them in, and then he's like, all right, what did the most electrifying man in uh, sports entertainment do? Well, Steve says he's going to tell you who won. Please pay attention. Rock then proceeds to cut a promo. He does rock promos. And I wrote this down. This was a bitch and a half. Fuck. You know, The Rock says. No, it's not good. <clears throat> you know, The Rock says. That's like 90s rock. Yeah, you sound like uh, Monotone 98 rock, 99 SNL rock. You yeah, need to, uh, this is Legion of, he, he this joined is Nation like, of Domination for a while, right? That was like Nation rock. Uh, yeah, so you. Yeah. The Rock says that. No, you need to. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? I need, like, if you smell. Okay. You know, Talk about how you bone Lana in front of Rusev because you're trying because the, you the company the WWE is trying to bury Lana because she like came out yeah so I married Rusev and this is fucking up, fuck up their storyline though I'm not saying they should have slut shamed her that was stupid and awful she did fuck up their storyline though and that storyline I don't know if you remember hearing about it that storyline was hot even Brian and Dave thought it was good. But anyway, you know, The Rock says that you stand there and look at me. You look at me like little Joe Deers looking like, oh, what's he going to say? And you run your mouth at what you're going to do. Well, you ain't going to do shit. <laughs> fuck. God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rock saying bad words was funny. Oh, fuck. Wait, let me see this. I wonder if I could actually do a fucking rock pro. Yeah, sure. Uh, it, bringing it, this shit closer. Wait, do you have this all split apart? It says, uh, well, it's written in a way where I know I could read it. Uh, and then freaking... Hold it. All right. So you want to know you ain't you ain't going to do shit. Run your mouth. But then turns to Christina. You just talk. <laughs> you talk like that. What was the fucking what was he losing me to do it? No, he just goes like you talk like this and you're like, well, shut your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he says. He's like, you want to run your mouth, but you talk like this. You talk like this. Well, shut your mouth. The Rock will say, what the fuck? Like, yet the smackdown on your candy ass. But I meant to type layeth. Oh, I guess that's like. The autocorrect. He's like, so, layeth is in a work. Oh, layeth the smackdown on your candy ass. And then he turns to Luke and you. You got your Tom Cruise teeth. You. I, what the fuck? <laughs> Here, let me see. I'm just fucking up. No, I can do this one. Okay. Have faith in me, listeners. I'm trying, all right? <laughs> and you. You got your Tom Cruise teeth. I will go I will knock your teeth so far down your throat, you'll stick a toothpick up your ass to breast them. Turns the rig. You got a nice big gap in your teeth. I got a nice 14 foot foot. 14 inch foot that will go right up between your that gap. I give up. <laughs> I tap. Hopefully I hopefully I'm sorry, at, my notes are kind of fucked. Hopefully, at least I got the cadence there. Yeah. I think the goal is... And you. You got your Tom Cruise teeth. I will kick your teeth so far down your throat. You'll stick a tooth... I did write toothpick. Fuck. I meant toothbrush. Brushes their teeth with a toothpick. A toothbrush up your ass to brush them. Yeah, big raid. The 14th gap. Because because you got the rock. The most electrifying man in all of entertainment. And all sports entertainment. Getting ready to raise his head and whip your candy ass all over this place. Turns to AJ. You run your mouth to build a mod. 
That being said, I thought you did great, man. <laughs> Fist bump. <laughs> oh, dude, I howled. That was actually great. Yeah. He, he just like does all these rock promos. He turns to the guy. So, that I, don't hear, so I don't want to hear Jake or anybody be like, uh, Ed doesn't like The Rock. No, I never said I didn't like The Rock. I just said I'm over him. But times like this, fuck, I was kind of like, man, Rock's cool. <laughs> You mean here's the thing? If I actually the nose proper was able to read, I think I could get a good rock. I hope, I hopefully, I was able to get a good rock going before every fucking stutter and stumble. I like, yeah. Let me lay it with the toothpick on your candy ass. <laughs> lay it the toothpick. Lay it. You didn't say lay it. It was autocorrected. I'm sorry. So, any- well, sorry. The rock comes there with his fucking random bullshit goddamn words. Cause it doesn't matter what you think. I'm actually surprised he didn't do any of his usual catchphrases. I don't know. He said, lay it the candy ass. Oh, yeah, that, that was the only one. Yeah. I will take you He's down. got like 12, dog. Yeah, because he's going to take you to the SmackDown Hotel. Finally, The Rock has come back to PlayStation. Okay, so. Finally! <laughs> the Rock is not on this podcast. What if he just fucking showed up, though? Here's the thing Am I going to do The Rock as the thumbnail? Are you? I don't know. I was like, actually, like, I was considering. Is there a funny? Actually, I did see a funny Stone Cold picture that I forgot to send you. I'm gonna send it to you right now as we talk. As as we get into the bottom three Here's discussion. The, the only like, I was chilling driving today, and my thumbnail. I was thinking of just getting Bill Demont crossed arm, staring at people, doing a promo on him. I sent you another picture. I sent. I don't know how long it's gonna take to send, but you'll get him eventually. Oh yeah. So bottom three discussion time, even though the show's only like half over. Oh shit, we're already there. Yeah, they did this, this they they gave Stone Cold a long dissection this week. They gave him a long dissection and the show is on a good pace. Yeah. Like it is just fucking flowing. So everyone first talks about AJ. Trish who AJ? has AJ Trish, who's I just realized has barely had any presence on the last few shows. Um Trish says, Yeah, he killed it on the promo challenge. And Bill says, one day does not a career make. That's like a yes and no. Steve says, well, he injured Christina. Ignoring that Christina injured Evil Lease, but whatever. Christina. Hey, she's not there anymore, so it kind of doesn't matter. Trish says there's no passion from her. Steve said, he thought she's. Steve says, I thought she sprained her ankle, not her tongue. That was funny. Bill, after he. Bill, after he pulled Christina aside last week and we said that it looked like she he was about to kiss her, he says, I believe in you, you got this. He says she sucked at the skill challenge and has no business talking to people. <laughs> oh, God. Steve thought Luke had a good promo. He had some swagger. Bill says Big Rig had a sick day on the bus, but he struggles in the ring. Says he's unsafe. And stiff. And then Andy... Silent Rage. So what's going on with Silent Rage? Bill says he feels flat. Trish says, for a man fighting for his family, and that's what that's the level of intensity he brings us, it's just not there. So the bottom three are Christina, AJ, and Andy. Yep. Well, either way, now as Stone Cold, you know, picks out his bottom three. We see shots of them like going back in the house and they're packing, but there's also airline edits too of Luke and Big Rig fist bumping, chest bumping, hugging, and s- hugging and stoking 
oh my fucking god oh, dude we're like so we're killing this competition bro oh yeah I thought Luke gave him a kiss on the head at one point maybe Andy says he's pissed off and he's gonna let Stone Cold know, you know I'm pissed I'm pissed and I'm gonna let Stone Cold know and then we cut to maybe the best part of the show the Stone Cold dissection oh dude the coming of Jesus mode I wrote down it's time to terrorize with Papa Stone Cold with his a- yuppie ass red button up shirt his red polo you know, what a great way to get fucking torn into. I couldn't believe he wore Stone Cold I can't Steve be- Austin. I can't believe Stone Cold dresses like that. I really just thought he was t-shirts and jorts or cargo shorts, whatever. Well, no, I guess this is a formal Stone Cold as he is about to tear everyone a new one. Honestly, he was kind of fucking brutal here. Yeah, he motherfucker made up for last week. I think he's like, all right, so there was nothing going on this week. I'm going to go extra hard this week. I think he might have went a little too hard. I genuinely think so, too. Like, legit, I feel like it's like, dude, someone should start fucking brawling with Austin right now. Just straight I up. thought Andy was going to, well, we'll get into it, but I thought Andy was going to at one dude, point. Dude, might as well as a dude, fucking, fucking box this bald fucker in the face. <laughs> Yo, kick him in his fucking knees. Those things are fucking dog shit anyway. <laughs> he goes to Andy first, and he says, Andy, I don't know a whole lot about you. Give me a little backstory, background. Tell me your story. He says, I'm just a hardworking son of a bitch. I'm a hardworking son of a bitch, Steve. My daddy dig ditches for more than 20 years. He always told me no matter what you do, you got to love what you do. That's what I try to bring to the table every day. Fucking stone cold. Oh, my God. Dad was a pretty hardworking guy. Hardest working man I know. How come none of that rubbed off on you? Oh! I've... He says, I've given you everything I've gotten. You gave me everything you got. You never say that. That's a dumb response. (laughs) And then Andy says, ain't a doubt in my mind. And Stone Cold looks offended. He turns around. He turns around. He extends his arms and hands and stuff. He's like this. He's like struggling to find something to say. And then he says, I've, wow, that just. I've been bamboozled and flabbergasted in the first five minutes of this bottom three. Like what? <laughs> what? He tr- then they have a back and forth. You know, Stone Cold then proceeded to mock him. He's like, "Yes, sir. No, sir. Your dad digging those ditches." He, he he's like, "Your dad, your dad digging those ditches." I suppose he used a shovel. Yes, sir. Then he goes, "Well, he should have hit you in the goddamn head with it." I'm like, like what? I'm like brutal. Like, Steve, what the hell? And he's like... He's like, now he's just trying to tear apart his dad. I'm like, dude, fucking Andy should just start fighting this guy. And then he's like, you married? Yep. Got a kid? Yes, sir. Another on the way? Yes, Yes, sir. sir. Then why are you here? Why aren't you digging a ditch somewhere? I'm here building a better life for... How are you building a better life for them if you're in my bottom three? Big ass bastard. Six, five, two, four, five. You're getting pissed off at me? Want my honest answer? No, I want you to fucking lie to me. <laughs> I want you to fucking lie to me. Dude, it's not fair. Stokel's too witty. I know. It's so it's so brutal. No wonder why he was seen as the best. So then he goes, he walks up to Christina. He gets down on one knee in front of her. I'm like, oh fuck. Did he fall in love with her too? No, he's looking at her ankle. And he says. My ankle looks pretty screwed up. How's it feel? She's like, feels better. Feels better. No, it's felt better. But pain is temporary. Then Stone Cold slowly, 
menacingly rises with the most incredulous aura I've ever seen as he's laughing. He's like, like literally he's, he's, he's ready. He's standing back up and he's like, <laughs> pain is temporary. He repeats to her. He says, and we had a little talk last time and that you needed to step it up. He's talking to Christina like she's fucking five. Like it's so condescending, but it's still kind of funny. <laughs> it is. He, he asked then, how come out of everyone's promos, you yours were the worst? Think you're going to come in my ring and waste an opportunity? Dwayne The Rock Johnson's here. It's your time to shine, and you did not. How did you miss that opportunity? And Christina fucking says, I don't know. Well, that just uh, flabbergasted and fanboozled uh, Mr. Stone Cold. Stone Cold looks the most tongue-tied he's ever looked in his entire life. I counted. It's like close to a solid 10 seconds. He has no idea what to say, no idea what to do. He's moving his hand. He's moving like with his hand. He's just completely immobilized. He, he just says, eventually, he's just like, I don't think you want this bad enough. I'm like, you think? Now, AJ... Hello, AJ. Tell me again what makes you special. Or he said something like that. And then he says, because when I'm in here, I believe everything I'm doing. And they will, too. Talking about the metaphorical audience. Yep. And Andy. He's like, no. Yeah, he's asked, you think you want this more than Andy? He's like, hell yeah. And Andy's like, fuck no. I don't even believe it when I'm in the ring with you. He's like, fuck no. And then, oh, my God. Stone Cold says, getting loud, ain't you, silent rage? And then some more happens. And then Stone Cold looking like, I'm going to be honest, looking like a fucking asshole. Stone Cold smirking. And then he starts to sing. Silent Rage. You sound like a goddamn Christmas carol, son. Oh, my God. Here's the thing. Andy, My feelings were getting hurt for Andy. Dude, like, That's how brutal Stone Cold like, was. Dude, Andy was also starting to ball tears. He was crying, wasn't he? He was fucking crying. Like, legit crying. I'm like... I know he did at the end, but he was here. You're right. Fuck, dude. I'm like, but dude, he is getting fucking brutalized by fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's almost... It's almost worse... Rage. It's almost worse if you survive the bottom three. Because uh, d- everyone just gets to go home. You have to you have to worry about Stone Cold for another week. I'm like, dude, like... F- He's like making up for like lost for a lost week. Like, bro, Stone Cold is up is uh, is he's out for fucking blood. Like, here's the thing: Silent Rage is kind of dumb. Not gonna lie. Yeah, but maybe there is a characteristic, and he's like, you know what? I've been silent. I've been patient, but I'm a fucking pissed off guy. Yeah. And then I have this guy fucking going at it. It's like I should respect you. But I just want to fucking kick you in your fucking glass knee right now. <laughs> Like, I just want to sit there and kick him in the uh, for uh, like Stokol's glass knee for Andy. I'm like, dude, Stokol got a fucking just not cool right now. Yeah, he he he. Uh, uh, Austin is giving them an unwinnable vibe check. I'm like, dude, this is too. Br-. It's like honestly, this point, it's like, dude, he's already dead. He just stop <laughs> it. Honestly, I, I'm gonna be honest. It didn't cross quite cross that territory. Stone Cold was kind of almost unlikable. It was getting. Oh no, he. I think he was kind of unlikable. Well, like it's like just, he was still funny and I laughed, but there's a point where I'm like, okay, Stone Cold, fuck, chill, dude, homie, take a step back, all right? You're an anti-hero, not a heel. I'm like saying, like I think Andy gets the fucking point. Austin then goes up to AJ. He says, "You're lucky. 
I was hoping you'd see, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says, I was hoping you'd suck hard enough. I'd be able to throw your ass out quick, then go home and eat, watch TV. And AJ's like, sorry to ruin your plans. That's pretty witty. Austin relays that AJ had the best promo, which was, you know, that's cool. Yeah, that's true. Then he asks Andy, why should I send Christina home? And then weirdly enough, Andy says, you've got the wrong people in your bottom three. Me and her are going to be successful. Or can be successful. I believe that me and Christina can be successful and she wants yeah. to be here. And what feels like the 19th time during this bottom three, Stone Cold looks offended. <laughs> he gets offended every second. He's like, he's he's basically, he roasts him for defending her and then he says, being a hero ain't going to pay the bills. When I got, got ourselves a little politician here. When I got paralyzed in nine to seven, no one paid my bills. I'm like, I feel like that's not really related. Well... I got nothing. Oh, I thought. I mean, like, since, like, do you got something to say? And you're like, uh, actually, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm not witty like Stone Cold. Andy then relents that Christina. Uh, uh, Andy then relents that Christina is not as uh, talented as him. Stone Cold then says, I got good news and bad news. Two of you are going home, but one of you gets to stay. I'm like, that's not good news and bad news. That's like bad news and just news. Yep. Uh, so he walks up to Christina and he stares at her with evil intent. He says, your heart beating right now. Got any passion in your heart? Sounds like it's leading up to the big kiss in a crappy Hallmark movie. He says, I'm not feeling it. I'm not buying it. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, dog, Christina's been like this since day one. Are you just now noticing? Sure, maybe she did step it up in the ring a little bit. But if we're talking personality and charisma, she, she, nope. yeah. Then what he does is he just calmly, gently removes the bells from her hands. And she goes, I think this is a mistake. <laughs> and Stone Cold Steve Austin says, I don't make mistakes. I'm like, you're a fucking liar. But it sounded cool. Um, Yeah, that's a fucking liar. Everyone fucking makes a mistake. But I think in this situation, him eliminating Christina is not a mistake. No, that is not a mistake. Then Stone Cold huffs and he puffs. He asks Andy if he's given him his best. And Andy says, and Andy then says, no, I haven't. I'm like, what? And he's like, what? No, sir, I haven't. What? No, sir, I haven't. What? No, sir, I haven't. Then stop pussyfooting around then. And then he sends AJ home. All right, AJ, you're going home. Andy, and then I wrote here, uh, Andy starts to cry. I guess he was crying the whole time, guys. Bro, he was bawling up, but then, like, obviously in the end, he has, like, you know, tears running, and it's like, dude, he was getting fucking brutalized. Yeah. Once AJ and Christina leave the ring, Stone Cold walks up to him, and he's like, there's three of you left. You know that, don't you? He's like, the sons of bitches won't stand a chance. And then he sends him on his way. I'm like, bro, Stone Cold, you're still cool. But what the fuck, dog? I'm like, dude, fuck. AJ is pretty bummed. He's like, you know, he's like, hey, you know, this is what I wanted, but maybe I'll find another way. And Christina's reaction is basically equivalent to just going, oh, dang. It's a, oh, dang. I had a bad week. But you know what? I will go home, work on my craft. And, you know, there's other ways to becoming a WWE diva, which you're not you're not wrong. But we have the power of hindsight and you did not make it. 
Stone Cold uh, is talking to himself. In the Actually, talking. no, AJ was the one who said it. Like, this was not the only way to make it into the WWE. Yeah. Christina was like, I had a bad day. I think I'll just go home, heal up, and then work on my craft. And then yeah. I think, and then like, and I'll become a WWE diva. Stone Cold's doing the gimmick where he puts the ring on the, th- the, the belt on the thing. And then he's uh, talking in uh, to his talking head. He says, Christina's solid in the ring and she's beautiful. But something, something. I don't remember. I just know that uh, Christina was a pretty lady. She has the ability. She has the ability to be trained. Yeah. But charisma, she lacked. Bro, remember how last episode I think I said, you know, Stone Cold's only said like three stupid things, but Booker, Booker, Trish, and Bill are on like 40. Bro, Stone Cold in this one episode jumped up to like nine at least. This was not a good Stone Cold episode. Hey, to quote Christina, could have just been a bad week. And then he says, this week, the Charisma Challenge exposed Christina. I'm like, what? Um, Exposed. uh, Yeah, are you sure about that? (laughs) And then for AJ, he's just like, he literally, I I swear, I'm not even summing this up. I'm not even cutting out that many words. With AJ, it literally comes down to, he's just like, eh, it was time for him to go. Like, he was mechanically. Okay, Stone Cold. Like, AJ was mechanically good, but. I think it was his time to go. And that's the episode. A very weird episode. It was a pretty good episode, though. It was good. Almost made me not like Stone Cold for a while, but I well, dude, I know like was, later on I'll be like, nah, I still love Stone Cold. I'm going to say it's like he was just fucking brutal on Andy. <sighs> yeah, like almost uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, no, it was I uncomfortable. Thought, I thought when they were like shouting at each other I'm at the say, end, I thought I was watching Full Metal Jacket. I'm just saying like fucking when he was just saying like his dad should have smacked him over the head with a shovel. I was like, dude, that's some fucking fighting words right there. Yeah. A fucking national television. Your dad was a hard worker. Well, why didn't any of that rub off on him? That one almost hurt worse. I'm like, Steve, what the fuck? Dude, I was just brutal. I'm just saying Andy was just getting brutalized. Yeah. So you may be asking. Oh, Fuck. Because the coming of the Jesus moment next week will be... Because there's only three contestants left. Mm-hmm. We have Andy, Luke, and, and Big, Big Rig. Rig. Oh, my God. What will Stone Cold bring to us next week? It's going to be... It's going to be... Good. I, I think it's going to be good. Here's the thing, dude. It's, like, unfair. Like, Stone Cold's so witty, and he's so brutal. It's yeah. like, dude, he's, like, so he's good at roasting. He's almost too good at what he does. Dude, he's, like, too good at roasting. Yeah. He's just, like, so witty. It's like, dude, you'll be defeated, and it's like, you're just going to walk away. It's like, why don't you bother talking? <laughs> Should have just left. Why did I apply for this stupid show? Why do I do this? I should have just gone the Ring of Honor. Fuck. All right. So, so do you, you, you may be asking yourselves, where well, are they now? Yes, yeah, so I was legit, like legit about to ask that. Oh, well, for Christina. After tough enough, according to folks who saw her, she apparently in the ring, I don't know about talking, but maybe both, she actually apparently really did get better. Before and after she was on Tough Enough, she was in the WWE owned and ran uh, FCW. She was there for, uh, and she was also there for the early days of Dusty and Triple H's new NXT. (laughs) And after she got released, she bounced back and forth between a couple indie promotions. Ironically enough, one of the last matches that I could find of hers that she had would be a winner gets a contract, loser is banned match where she lost to Ivalice. Huh. Look at that. Wasn't really seen again. I think she became a Bronco cheerleader for a while. No idea where she is now, but to reiterate, that is Alicia Fox's sister. Uh, yeah, so I know that's for sure like an actual fact, so that helps. Um, But what happened to AJ? This was... Oh, my ass. <laughs> my, my ass was like... Your asleep. huge erection. I don't have a huge G-rection. 
So that for, sounds very wrong and inappropriate right now. So yeah, I get a boner when I podcast and have Stone Cold fucking go making people cry. Rage. You oh. sound like a goddamn Christmas Carol. Yeah, dude, I got a hard on for fucking makeshift like roasting Christmas carols. But all right, AJ's where is he now? Is a trip. He did some stuff here and there. One of his big accomplishments was apparently a year and a half undefeated tag t- tag team title reign for All Pro Wrestling, and he voiced someone in WWE WWE's 2K19's manager mode. But interestingly enough, he, I don't know if it's his, but let's just say for the sake of argument, it is his. Well, what was his he tag had, team? I don't remember. I don't remember it said who he was with, but okay. I know he had it. Because I think APW is a Bay Area team, so. Well, funny you mentioned that. I'm, let's just say it is his own wrestling promotion. He's the main, he's the lead star announcer for his own wrestling promotion called Best of the West, which is based out of Merced, California. They still put on shows to this day. They got a YouTube channel and everything. And he has his own YouTube channel where for a while he interviewed the peeps from Tough Enough Season 5, including backstage peeps. And if you can believe this, as recent as 11 months ago, Bill DeMont. And currently, he's opening up for Rick for Mick Foley on his current uh, speaking tour. And he does... He's done and he's been in and done and does commercials like currently announcing gigs, wrestling announcer gigs, uh, stuff for just commercial stuff. He's paying the bills. I felt kind of bad because the way the show was edited, it looked like it looked like AJ sucked. But I looked at some of his reels on YouTube he has for uh, marketing himself. Yeah, he's pretty good at 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 the stuff. He's good at talking. So hey, fuck well, the show. Go AJ. Oh, like he he might have sucked doing the wrestling thing, but it seems like he was good as a speaker. Yeah, and he's the main commentator. He he gets gigs. He's paying his bills. So yeah, uh, good for you, AJ. Good for you, AJ. Yeah, that's some fun facts. Well, then that was a pretty exciting episode. And Not as cool as Marty the Moth, but oh yeah, dude, Marty the Moth was like, I actually marked the fuck out. I'm like, oh fuck, bro, <laughs> dude, that was like season four of fucking Lucha Underground right there. Yeah, yeah. But either way, well, I think this is a good way to wrap up the show. Anything else? Nah, I'm good. All right, listeners, I hope you have a good one. Adios. It's sweaty as fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, dude, it's fucking hot as balls. 